son, Pastor Mark, and we are excited to hear what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Wow. Uh, let me give you an update. Uh, for those of you who knew that Pastor Peter had uh, a kidney stone, he is doing fine. He's doing so fine, he's doing the Alardi's wedding right now. So let's hope he doesn't have another episode at the wedding. If we find out he's upright by the end of it, it was a good day. <clears throat> and we do want to say uh, welcome those who are with us uh, via the internet. We have usually, we have anywhere over 100 people on a Sunday morning and then another 200 uh, or more that catch up during the week. We just want to say Welcome to the service, and if you'd like to be more a part of the church, please contact us at northwestorlando.com. So, we're going to continue with our series on freedom. Uh, next week, it's going to be really special, uh, Crystal Brunton is going to be sharing, she's the state coordinator for IJM, and uh, I just saw something on the news or something that IJM has hit 28,000 people they've set free from sexual slavery this, and since their existence. That's incredible. And uh, <clears throat> people aren't aware that today there's more slavery around the world than in any other time in the, the lifespan of the world. That in Muslim countries, in India, the Philippines, uh, China, there's still a slavery going on, and it is widespread, and it's mostly uh, sex slave trading, uh, and, and one of the major cities in the United States is Orlando. These kids that go missing, you know, all see these kids on milk bottles and stuff like that, those are kids that have been uh, usually abducted and snuck out of the country, and they're sold overseas, so it is, it is a big thing. You don't hear a lot about it. And it is just, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And as a church, we are very involved. And she'll be sharing with us next week. will be great fun. Well, let's start, start here. In this freedom, and if you, did you notice the title? Let's go back. Let's see. Okay. Stay Dead. Okay. I shared that. Crystal goes, what's the title? I said, Stay Dead. She went, okay. <laughs> Didn't ask any more about it. <laughs> so we're going to get there. Because there is freedom about staying dead in some, in some things. I've mentioned this probably for 20 years. It's one of the verses because I believe there is so much for us to discover here on earth. This earth needs the return. It says in the last days, all of the rocks are going to be crying out. It so wants the Lord to return. It is... It, it wants Jesus. The only thing that's going to restore this world, this earth, is the return of its creator to set up his kingdom. And see, it says Jesus is king, and a king has a kingdom. And this verse has always, always been a part of, of my motivation and so many things that I teach. And Matthew 6 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as you know the Lord's Prayer, they call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so this is the disciples' pray, uh, prayer. Jesus was saying, this is how you need to pray. 
It's, and, and, and look at the things that it states. Our Father. Jesus says, starts off, our Father. It's our Father, too, as it is his Father. And so it's our Father together. Holy is your name. So he's our Father, and we know holy is his name. He says, your kingdom come. His kingdom is coming. Then he asks, your will be done on earth as we know your will's done in heaven. So in God's kingdom, God's will is done. And he says, you know what? Get a glimpse of it now. You can get a glimpse of it now. Jesus even said, the kingdom is drawing near. The kingdom, it's 105 times in the New Testament, Jesus talks about the kingdom. 105 times. You would think we would teach on the kingdom every week, but we do. We just don't mention it. The way Jesus mentioned it, he called it a king, a kingdom because it, a king resides there. And then where that king rules. So he's telling us, you know what? We can, that kingdom, we can experience it from time to time. But in his, God's kingdom says there's no tears, there's no regrets, there's no sin. We know this is a fallen world and that's where the rub comes. But I know that when you come into the presence of God, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you're well, you're sick, you're rich, you're poor, you're old, you're young. When that presence of God comes on you, it is somehow okay. It's settled. Life, death, it doesn't matter in the presence of God. It transcends anything that we can experience on earth. And to think that it says, Lord, let let us get a taste of what is in heaven. And that's what we're going to look at today. For us to get to the place, uh, I've had a number of calls this week. um, uh, People saying, you know what? They They cut themselves off. They made some proclamations last week from the message and said, I know Ryan McKenzie called the other day and he says, because I just burst in tears. I couldn't control it. I actually felt sorry for things that I've done and I'd never even really considered was wrong. And he goes, did I go through a deliverance? I go, absolutely. A grown man, you, know, just, you, just, you just stood up against some things that you've noticed in your life and repented and he just burst into tears. He goes, I don't cry when I pray, but I did then. I said, Some, he said, something left me. He's ex, he experienced some freedom. So we want to continue because in the weeks past, we talked about Satan set snares. We talked about cutting off, you know, family curses. Abraham, you know, passed something on to his son. And he had to pay a price and work his way out of it. So today we're going to take a look at the whole idea of sin and how it fits in this kingdom of God. Sin doesn't control where you go when you die. If you're a believer, it's, sin doesn't control that. 
because a price was paid for your sin, okay? It does not control where you go when you die. Sin doesn't have to control what you do while you live. Did you hear that? It doesn't have to, but it can. And we're going to walk through this as, as we see what Paul has to share with us because we're going to recognize some incredible <laughs> things about the Apostle Paul. It doesn't matter if you're an agnostic, a believer, a searcher, a Presbyterian, a French. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're going to identify with the Apostle Paul. He is going to give us, and trust me, pastors do not, this is not their favorite passage to teach from, but we're going to go there because we want to, we want to identify with the struggle that Paul has here. So in chapter 7, it says, I, I do not understand what I do. Let me raise my hand. All right, now some of y'all can't see that. All right, let me, let me, wives, you don't understand what your husband does, right? I get, usually get a better response out of it. So, but look, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. Hmm. But what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good. Come on, you know it. But I cannot carry it out. You know what? I think Paul was on a diet when he wrote this. <laughs> now, people on a diet, have you said this? Yeah, buddy. Gosh, I went to the refrigerator yesterday, and there was a nutty buddy in the freezer screaming to me, you love me. You love me. I love you. Touch me. Hold me. Squeeze me. I put it back. I was having a deliverance. Tears were coming down my face. <laughs> Man, that thing. Somebody's got to go home and eat that tonight, today. Boy, I get near the refrigerator. Huh? Huh? Here's, come to me, serve me. Who? Hallelujah. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do. You know, there's a lot of do-do here, isn't it? <laughs> for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Wow. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, just reading it, you can see why no one teaches on it. Yeah. It is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Paul makes something, it, it kind of packages it together. It's just sin. He calls it an it. It. it there's an it in our life. And we've got, to, we've got to put it in this neat little package that's just called sin. Because, you know, when you call it, well, maybe I shouldn't have talk bad about them. Maybe I should. We kind of, it's kind of like you're dressing it up. You know, it's not, well, I, it's not as bad as it seems. It's not, it's an it, and it's called sin. 
We have this sin in our life. Now, Paul, needs to, Paul wants to point out that in the human race, it says, and you got to stick with me on this, because it, this is harsh. But Paul points out, you know, says, look, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone's a sinner for the simple reason Adam was supposed to walk with God and be the father. And we are all in this family. This, is, this was our heritage, to, to walk in the cool of the day with God. And all we had to do was tend, be good stewards of the garden. And just, people go, go, well, you know, you grow your food, you, you do this, you... And I go, oh, you, you go, you're really, you recycle? I go, I could care less about being green. I'm, I've been given a garden. Actually, or, or I actually have a garden. And I'm supposed to be a good steward what God has, where God has placed me. Does that make sense? I want to be a good steward of what God has given me. I'm not going to get into this whole political thing about trying to save the earth. I'm trying to save man. Now, I want men and women to get saved, to get to where they're supposed to be going. Earth isn't going to get there. God is coming back, and it says all of earth is crying out for the Lord's return. That's what's wrong with earth. So I just want to be a good steward. So that's what Adam was supposed to have done, but it said he failed. He gave his responsibility away, and he answered to the devil, the questions of the, the evil one. And so we're in this family. This is... This is where you're at. It says when you accept the Lord, when you accept the, cro the cross and that Jesus paid the price for sin of mankind. See, your real last name is Adam. This is your heritage. You, you can try to change your name. You know, when people uh, in the past, would, you know, they left Sweden or Ireland they, and they came to America, they would change their name because they didn't want to be identified with being a foreigner. They don't, did, didn't want to identify with being Irish. Didn't want to identify with being Swedish. So they would change their names. And you know what? But we have a name. We're born, in, born into Adam's family. It says, unless you accept the price that Jesus paid for this sin. And it says, you're no longer born of Adam, but now... You are born again of the second Adam. So, let me show you how this works. You go from here to here. Now, these are my grandchildren. <laughs> we're getting them saved. And my children, we're getting them saved. <laughs> and who wants to be over here? Absolutely. Now, here's, here's the part. Paul said, he didn't say that, that there are good people who occasionally do bad. He said there are bad people who occasionally do good. You see, here's the harshness of this, but I want you to accept the harshness of this word. What anyone who is born of their father, Adam, okay, has Adam's sin on you. If you're born of Adam, 
you're, you have Adam's promise, sin. If you are born of Christ, Jesus, no matter what. You see, no matter what I do, no matter what good I do here, I'm born into sin, aren't I? I can do good. And I think there's people who do good all day long because I believe they just have a sense that they're guilty. That they have fallen short of something, even though they may not know God. But as hard as this is, and I cherish this now, because no matter what, if I'm born of Adam, I get Adam's reward. But if I accept the work of Christ, no matter what, I get the reward of Christ. You see, sin isn't going to keep me out. But it can have an effect on this world. Now let me say this again. I just, because this... I used to hate to think that you could, that, I mean, just, it was just so harsh. If you're born of Adam, you're going to hell. That's it. You're done. And that's just hard. You're born into Jesus. No matter what, no one's going to pluck you from his hands. There's no depth. There's no width. There's no sin. I'll make that clear. As true as it is for Adam, it's true for Christ. Wow. So, it's a thing. How do we deal with it? Well, <clears throat> it says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive, alive to God through Christ Jesus. So, count yourself. So, we have a, this that I want us all to say, sin is not my master. That's something, a declaration you need to make every day. You know, when you wake up in the day, you make a declaration. You go, no, I don't. You know, I I groan, I yawn, I stretch. You know, no, no, somewhere in your brain you're going, oh, I don't want to go to work. Somewhere down the road are you going to start wanting to go to work when you just kind of named your day, don't want to go to work day. Little Mark was get, had to go to school to his pre-kindergarten, whatever it was called. And he just turned to hope and he goes, no school. It's like, oh, this whole day's going to stink. <laughs> you know, it's like he just declared, I don't want to go to school. And getting there is not going to change it. You, we need to wake up in the morning and say, you know what, sin is not my master. Now, sin is a thing. In the past, sin was a master. It was a master, but now it's a thing. It has been dethroned in the Christian's life. But you've got to proclaim. Say, wait a minute, because every morning it wants to climb back up on the throne and say, this is what's going to happen today. Because I am dead to sin, but alive to God. That needs to be on a card on your dashboard. I am dead to sin because sin is kind of, I'm going to knock on his iPhone, but I better not with it. There is a knock every day. There is a knock every day to gossip, to yell, to curse, to do something wrong. It comes with a knock. 
I, I always, I, uh, you, you hear about people who've gotten into affairs and stuff like that. You go, I don't know how it happened. I don't know. I just, it, it just happened that I, it, I go, wait a minute. I've never seen someone walking down an office walkway, turn the corner, bump into the opposite sex, their clothes fall off, they stumble into a closet and it locks behind them and Barry White comes on. It didn't just happen. I thought about it. And I complained to her about my wife and how no one meets my needs. And, you know, we're really soulmates. And a, a lunch here and a, a hug there and a console there. And a button's a little lower next month. It didn't just happen. It was knocking. It was knocking, it was knocking, it was knocking and knocking. It knocks every day. Sin wants to come in. And you wake up in the morning and you claim, sin is not my master. You start your day off so on. You, you know what you did is you just kind of put a, a lock on the door. You know that little hotel thing that you can open the door that far? You put one of those on your life. When you start today, sin is not my net master. Because when it knocks, you can open the door and it's only going to open that far. Well, let's say sin is not my master. You ready? One, two, three. Sin is not my master. Every day. So this leads us to what we need to do. We need to declare, decide, and devote. Declare. We're going to make a declaration. And we're going to go to the scriptures in Romans 6, 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death. You see, he defeated death. He can't even die again. He defeated death. Death is the... And Okay, little theology. Death is the wages of sin. So what did he defeat? He defeated sin itself. He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for Hallelujah. He even died for these guys, but they got to change families. They got to come into the adoption of Jesus Christ through the blood. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Remember the title, Stay Dead? Count yourself dead to it. Are you, you know, I read this and that was the last time I sinned. Um, you know, the first service didn't laugh. <laughs> they went, Does he really believe that? <laughs> no. In the same way, count yourselves. Let me speak to someone right now prophetically. You're not counting yourself forgiven. You don't count yourself dead to sin. You don't count yourself as forgiven. You're always walking on nails. Am I going to say something wrong? Am I? Huh? Does, this, does this match? Does this? Get over it. If your clothes don't match, you've been forgiven. Okay. Wow. 
In the same way, count yourself dead to sin. In the same way, count yourself free from that bondage. But alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, so it's not, we, we've stumbled onto something here. Because, and you know, it's going to say it again. It says, it's just not, it's not, no, you know, no to sin. It says, but live for Christ. So a lot of people think you can become a Christian. Oh, I'll be a Christian. I'll just stop smoking, drinking, cussing, spitting, you know, and dating all the women who do. So that's not what it says here. It's to live. So we need to declare. Declare sin is not my master. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey, there it is, its evil desire. Don't let it reign. So here comes the question. This is, this is going to be a question that we have in the small groups this week. When you wrestle with sin, which side of the argument do you identify with? For instance, <clears throat> do I, I don't even know if I have to explain when you wrestle you know, the it has come up. The it's showed up. Can I, should I go out with my old high school buddies and they're going to go here and I know what they're doing and I know. Should I lie on this? Should my boss told me, hey, you didn't see what just took place. Hey. And now you got to get in that wrestling with that argument. Here's when you wrestle. What side of, what side of life do you wrestle from? The Adam side? I'm only 20. Come on. Ah, my dad struggled with the same thing. That's an Adam argument. Now, who, it's not going to hurt anyone. Who's going to find out? You're, out? you're arguing like Adam. Or do you argue from this family? You know what? Sin has stolen from so many things in my life. I'm not going to entertain it. I am not going to give one more minute to my sin nature because I end up paying for it somehow. It never ends up good. I am not going to take one night of enjoyment and have put this fear being found out for months, if not years, to come. It has changed. I'm... I'm not going to do this because it has changed who I am, who I was destined to be, my personality. If I didn't, just think about it. If you did not have the scars of sin in your life, where would you be right now? Why would you ask for that back in your life? I want that presence to come on me. You decide. We declare and we decide. Now, I really like this, to devote. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been bought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Now, here's the devil does not care about you. He's not going, men, would I like you and my family? He does not care for you. He doesn't. 
He wants you not in the kingdom of God. So, anything that he tempts you with. You see, you're going to you walk down the street and you got to say, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to... Oh. I'm not going to give my eyes as an instrument of the devil. I'm not going to give my fingers, my feet. It says here, don't give them as an instrument to do wickedness, but instead, do you know what? If it's your eyes that get tempted, if it's your hands, if it's your feet... Turn that into a thing of righteousness. The very thing that the enemy is trying to do is take what God can use for the kingdom of God and use it for himself. If you're using it because I can't do this, what makes you feel so unworthy is because you've given yourself as an instrument. Here's how you redeem it. You take that. If it's your hands, if it's your eyes, you give that to the Lord. If you've got a problem with your eyes and look into something, you know what? Open up your phone. Read a passage. Get God's word in you. Get God some of his promises in you. Whatever, his, whatever your hands are tempted to do, you know, I said, I'm going to give these hands to a work of righteousness. I'm going to go help someone. I'm going to go help someone who's in need. I'm going to take these feet and put it on a place, you know, that I can redeem this as holy ground for God. I'm going to take the word of God. I'm going to get to my small group. I'm going to make this proclamation. I am going to help in children's church. I am going to take food to these people. And you know what? What the devil planned to be your destruction, you have turned it into a righteous work of God. One of the things, you know, you know I hate my job. Do you tithe? Because you just redeemed your week. You just honor God with what you did all week long. Well, all I do is push a broom, you know, and like you just, when you gave the first fruits of that, you made that week righteous. Because your hands and your feet and you were involved in earning that money, and you know what? So now I give, I give back just a portion of it to God. And that redeems. What I'm doing is made righteous now. So, Who's this? Welcome. Who wants to be in? Amen. Wow. What is of Adam's is Adam's. What is of Christ Jesus is Christ Jesus. We got time. Colossians 3 3. For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. You see, when you came over here to be reborn, this was to die. You may not know it, but it did. And is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, you know, don't try to be Christ-like. Let it be your life. Why you exist at work. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
You see, I don't care what you're doing. When Christ appears in glory, we're going to go, hey, I, 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 I was asleep. I was mowing the grass. So when he appears, you appear because your life is in him. This is so good. Put to death, therefore, because of that first truth. So therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed, not loving your pastor, which is idolatry, because of these, the Rapha, and give them to God. Give those instruments. That we just need to stay dead. It's an it. It's an it. If you're ahead of leading a small group, those are your questions. You know what? I want to make this simple. Oh, he backslidden. All right. No. <laughs> Come back here, you little runaway. All right. I, know, I don't have 200 balls in that little cup. This isn't a loaves and fishes thing, okay? <laughs> there is an end to those balls. But I know that there are those who feel like they've walked away from the Lord. Or you question your commitment. You had some crazy. We're going to stand just a second here and... We're going to all just say the Lord, ask the Lord into our life to make it easy for everybody. But for that person who just says, you know what, I want to make it official. I've never publicly proclaimed Jesus is my Savior. Now, I know everybody wants to grab one of those little balls and put it over here. This is for that person who's got sweat right now on, the, on their palms. They're, you're already in argument. I, I can't, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not doing it. That's you. Okay, just want you to know that's what you're supposed to be feeling because if you need to make a statement, if it's just to the devil, if it's to the Lord, after we pray, come down and take your little ball and put it with Christ. You're saying, I'm, my life is hidden in him. And when he appears in glory, I will be with him. So let's stand. Let's say it all together. Lord Jesus. Now let's sort of try this again. Okay, some people were not watching. You're just, well, we're standing. Uh, all right, yes, all right. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept your sacrifice. The blood that you shed for my sin. I want to be adopted by you. What is yours is promised to me. Make me your own. I'm putting myself in your hands. Amen. 
Now I'm going to pray for everybody. But if that was you, come put your little ball in here. You can't keep the ball because I need them for the third service. <laughs> Father, bless every man and woman in here. Let them know that the kingdom of heaven is here. Let them experience your presence. When everything melts away, regardless what situation I'm in, it's okay. If I were dying tomorrow or going to court or inheriting a million dollars, somehow in your presence, it really doesn't matter. That's heaven. There's no tears. There's no sin. Lord, for everyone to have that caress of heaven in their life, I ask you in your son's name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Give the Lord a great hand. <laughs> Woo! Don't forget, you can still put your little ball.